welcome, welcome. I know you've been studying Galatians. My name is Michelle Danley. I'm the children's pastor at Mount of Olives. And um, I put my name up here. I'm not going to pretend to know every single answer tonight because you need to understand I'm a student of theology. I'm in my second year of my MDiv program at Fuller. And um, Sherry Whirl was in a positioning to act as my mentor when I really started to get hungry in all of this about 10 years ago. I've been a full-time ministry role for over seven years Started as, they called me the children's director. Then finally one day the, the pastor just said, oh, you're a pastor, you know. So it was beautiful, but I'm not an ordained pastor. So I want you to understand that. Um, I was brought into a ministry that um, was, they said was dying. I didn't see it was dying when I went around. There was only six children, but there were six children with three volunteers so I've been in a, a, a really um, extreme role to grow a ministry um, along with a 12,000 square foot building project for the children. So I've been really, really busy and I had to focus on all that. But what had happened is as I got longer and longer into um, working with the children, the parents trusted me more and more. And so then it was mama and papa coming to me about certain things. And I wanted to be a better practitioner of theology. So I'm here today. Sherry was a huge encourager of me going to school. Um, I want you to understand my relationship with her. Uh, when she called me to ask to sub, I was really only supposed to do this morning's class, and they just added this on last minute. But I had so much fun doing it this morning. I'm like, sure, yeah, when? Like, I, you know, I'm like the Energizer Bunny. Like, sign me up, and I'll be there. And and so um, it's it's really a blessing to be here. Um, I do not have the extreme Bible knowledge that Sherry has, but I have her on direct dial. <laughs> so if I can't answer something for you, we sure could take down that question. And I know she's away, but we're in contact, okay? Um, I am obsessed. I, I find this one of the best, best medicines that I've ever been in all my life. And I wonder in Orange County why so many people aren't on meds to, to help them get through so much. And I'm thinking, wow, if they really knew Jesus, if they really knew Jesus and could really be in it and live it and, and work on the sanctification, maybe we wouldn't all be on these meds. But before we get going, I'm going to show you things. Now, I have a tendency to be a little more hyper. I work with children. I'm exaggerated. I was a childhood actress. You'll see it coming out. Um, what I've learned with the children is when you just stand on the stage and go, wonk, 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 they don't really retain. So I've able to creatively go in and we, we do art projects together to teach the lesson, or uh, we play games, we do age-appropriate um, uh, activities and Bonnie here is actually one of my fourth and fifth grade leads. She's been in the house for almost six years and um, so she knows we've really really worked hard as a team and it's just been a privilege. Now one of our young guys now let's see the seven years it was my second year into ministry at the time I want to say he might have been 18 maybe 17. He was under the house as a volunteer but I saw incredible gifting. And he knew I liked to do exaggerated thing, and he came to me going, hey, I got an idea. 
let's make a video with the kids on teaching food of the spirit. And I thought, Tamolica Boli, this is it. And let's do it, but we can't tell them what to do. All of our storyboarding, everything, has to include the children around the table. So we met over seven weeks every Tuesday night. And I'm going to show you the finished product. I don't want you to think it was me behind the lens or me telling them what to do. They literally did it all themselves. All right? Now, how many people, because it's funny, this morning when I taught the mamas and I, and I said, how many people know Fruit of the Spirit? Do you know only two people raised their hand? And I had almost 45, 42 women there. Then I said, now, how many women understand the sanctification process? Everyone's like, well, what's that? And I said, ooh, we got work to do, ladies. So I need to know my audience first. How many of you really, really, really understand Fruit of the Spirit? You do? Okay. So you can help me teach it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So this is, this is going to be good. Right. Do you understand the sanctification process? Yeah. Okay. The young mamas did not. And I spent a lot of time on it. You know, they don't, they're so busy with their life. They are. They, they have no time to really think to about it. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So we'll get into some teachings, but I just want to show you what we, we did with the children. And, and I, I hope you guys can see it. You from, if you have to tilt it a certain way, go for it. And again, this is the young children learning about what fruit of the spirit is. When we get these situations thrown our way, how do we respond in the world? How is the Holy Spirit working through us? So I just want you to take a peek. I hope I get this right.
children but I do have to be honest that year every single ch child knew those fruit of the spirit yes. <laughs> man because you know it's lyrical it, it, yeah. it, it how do you get me out of that now <laughs> all right who brought bibles let's look at this oh thank you I don't know. I thank you very much I'd like to start us and pray let us pray grab grab a sister's hand by you next to you whatever you can do let's pray together Oh, Father God, thank you so much um, for this privilege to come together in a safe environment and with just incredible women. Father God, bless our conversations. Let every woman go away refreshed, refilled with maybe just a new little piece of a what I call a knowledge nugget that motivates them to live in the fruit of the Spirit in their everyday walk. Father God, we know we can't get it right every day, but help us with adaptive change and help us be more Christ-like. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 All right. Um, I, I put a couple verses up that I'd like to lead us into because I think it'll really help you understand a lot of the sanctification with the fruit of the Spirit. So if someone could first look up from, um, and again, the, the young mamas this morning, I even had to teach them New Testament, Old Testament. I had to tell, okay, open your books, here's who it was. So I realize you guys probably know way, way more, and I'm not meaning to talk down or anything, so just give me grace in this. John 15, 1 through 11, if someone could share that with me. And it's the vine and the branches. Yeah. You, you got it there. Anybody? I'll read it. Do you mind? <clears throat> Thank you. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. 
This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Beautiful. Okay, I'm going to ask you now to go back and look at that again. What word do you re keep seeing? There's a repetition there. What is the word? Who can tell me? Mine. Remain Mine. in me. Remain. Smart lady there. A B I D E. It's repetitive. What do you think he's trying to tell us? Abide is the word that comes up over and over. When I teach it to the children, I'll even say, now count how many times, and I'll list different words. I'll even start with one word that might only be in there twice. But to prove to them, if you count how many times abide is in this, it's a lot. I think he's trying to make a point, no? Would you not agree with me? Yes. So abide. Who can tell me what abide means? Remain. Remain. <laughs> that's what my Remain. To live. Remain. It's great. Keep going. To live with. To live with. Excellent. What else? Remain faithful. Remain faithful. Excellent. Anything else? All right, let's keep going. It'll come together. Abide. You know what I think of? Connection. I think of connection. I think a lot of abide. The connection, it's repeated the abide so much that he's trying to tell you that it's extremely important. Let's go ahead. Let's go to another voice first. Matthew 7, 16 through 20. When I talk, I have a speech impediment. When I get a little nervous, you'll hear it once in a while. But can you believe God called me to this? Holy <laughs> tamale. I want to go, are you, is this a joke? But I've had to learn how to develop then my oracle because of this. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Matthew 7, 16 through 20, who could share with us? I got it. Um, By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn branches or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. <clears throat> but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear good bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Oh my God! Um, every tree that does 20. not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Interesting. Interesting. By their fruit, what do we learn when we read this? What do we learn about fruit bearing? Just come on, pretend we're having coffee here together. What, what, what do you get out of that? Good stuff comes from good plants. Interesting. Keep going. Anything? Does it talk about what kind of fruit? Living connection with Jesus is key. It's really pointing out. But the fruit really tells us what we're abiding in, doesn't it? And so the way I taught it to the young mothers this morning, I said, you know what is so interesting? I work in this building, and it has these big, huge glass windows. And sometimes I'll walk as, as the mamas are getting the watch as the mamas are getting the kids out of the car and bringing them up into church. And I could tell by their, their posture. I could tell by the children's emotion. I could tell there's, like, conflict there. And, and almost a little bit like one mama was screaming, and then she comes through the church. You've heard these kind of stories, and she's so happy. And I'm thinking, whoo, 
we got to take a breath there, right? So she looks beautiful. She's dressed beautiful. Her hair's beautiful. Her nails are beautiful. Everything's beautiful. But is she walking in the Spirit? Is she walking with the Holy Spirit? I always wonder about these things. Let's keep going. Let's go to, let me see what's, um, 1 John 4 through 8. Here I'm going to try and prove to you why love is one of the most important fruits. Because I could have just talked out of your main Galatian verses. But I think it's important to let you know there's so much going on in the reasons why he's doing this and so much prophecy. And 1 John 4 through 8. If anybody could read it. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, pardon me, 4 8. For it. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So what's the most important thing? Love. All right. Let's go ahead. Um, I'm giving you a bit of a lead in. Now, look at this. Can you see it? Is it still up? Did it go away? Time to go. All right. So this is the visual I use to, to teach the children. Has anybody learned fruit of the Spirit this way ever before? All right. Let's talk about what you see. Just talk to me about what you see. Come on. Grapes. Grapes. It's a fruit. What fresh, else? Fresh fruit. Fresh fruit. And it looks healthy. Looks healthy. Looks like it's getting water. Very good. Nourishment. And what is it hanging from? The vine. The vine. The vine. And is the vine just one little thin thing? No. No, it's really thick. Sometimes I teach it to the children like this, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And three, like a, a quart of three, right? A quart of three. It's very, very strong. Now, I've got a story for you. This is really interesting. I got to go away with my husband to Sonoma a couple weeks ago. And we went to visit a very dear friend of his that is ill. And um, it was his joy to see us, and he's going to take us through wine country. And it's kind of his last big hurrah before his big surgery. He's uh, battling pancreatic cancer. And so we knew this was a big hurrah. And so Pat said, I'll drive. And Michelle, you sit in the front. And Noelle and I will sit in the back. And we're going up that 580 freeway. And we're going through. We're going up through Sonoma. And it is magical to me. It's God's creation. I love the trees and the lushness and the greenery. And it just feels so beautiful. I'm like, whoa, look at that. Oh, how gorgeous. Oh, wow. Because I always feel we're around so much cement. And um, we keep going, and then all of a sudden, I see this, like, burnt area. And I'm like, oh, how sad. What, what happened all there? Well, don't you remember the big fires, Michelle, a couple years back? I mean, it took out communities. It, it would hop the freeway. It took out so much. Now, I know they just had to deal with some, but I'm talking about something that happened a couple years ago. I'm like, oh. And it kind of got that, like, your heart sank, like, Oh, how sad. And then all that, and, and, and so we're going, we're driving, and I'm watching, and it's, it's, it's not really black anymore. It's a little bit brown, but you could tell it hasn't quite recovered. It's trying. And then all of a sudden, grapevines, beautiful grapevines. They look a bit like this. They're lush. They're gorgeous. They're healthy. And they don't look like little grapevines. They look like mature grapevines. And I'm going, how bizarre. What? Wait, 
because I know a bit about wine. My family, my French family's from Bordeaux, and I'm thinking, those are not like three or four-year-old vines. Those are really old vines. And, and I go, JR, what? did they transport the vines? Or how did they do it? I said, oh, Michelle, you don't understand it. You see, they have their own irrigation system under it and their own water system, and it's all based on water. So the fire never got those vines because they were being fed by the water of life. Do you see the correlation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See the correlation? So the young moms I was teaching this morning, we all want to possess these fruit of the Spirit, which we're going to go over in a minute. But are we really, really practicing? Are we really doing it in our everyday life? Are we doing it in our adaptive change? And if we aren't getting fed from our vines, what kind of fruit are we really? All right. Let's get into it. So I had a lot of notes. There is no way that I'm going to go over all that within 40 minutes. So I'm giving you a lot of nuggets to take home if you have more interest in it or whatever. But there's some really, really great things. I'm understanding some of you understand sanctification and some don't. Who doesn't understand sanctification? Everybody understands it? See, this is amazing. No one this morning did. All right, well, this will be a little easier then. All right, let's go through this then. Um, Galatians 5, 22 through 26. Can I first have someone just read it? It's on the bottom of that page. Anybody want to read it? Yeah. Thank you. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Beautiful. All right, let's go to the top of that page then. And so everyone knows this is just this incredible, incredible thing that we're given. It's an incredible gift. That's how I like to teach it. It's so incredible that I don't think we realize it, ladies. I don't think we realize it. We think, ah, gentle, kindness, peace, it's how I'm going to operate. But what he's really, really trying to tell you is I want you to abide in me every, every day, every minute. Let's go through this. God wants all of us to enter into a true sanctification process. A true sanctification process with him so that he can begin the process of, can you guess what it's going to be? So he can begin the process of what? Within us. What do you think? Throw some words out there. Faithfulness. Great word. What else? Change. Great word. I'll tell you what I put, but your words work too. So he can begin the process of molding us, shaping us, and transforming us into the express image of his son, Jesus Christ. He wants to make us into a better and more holy person. See, I'm using the word again. He wants to transform us, to transform us. Does anybody in here think they've already got it all? 
<laughs> oh, thank God. Okay, I don't feel so bad. You All try right. and you try. But yeah, I try and try and I keep messing up. Yeah, I know. You all do. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to make us into that better and more holy person. He wants to transform us by renewing our minds. He wants to put right thinking back into our thought process. And and you know how we teach it at a kid's city? It is character development 101, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. And he's purposely listing those to let you know there's a lot of things. But if you could take care of these nines, I promise you, you're, you will live in that beautiful joy that I intended you to live in. Um, let's go to the, the next page there. He's per- okay, so I feel he's purposely isolating these nine specific qualities. Now, every Christian does their best work they can with what? Who helps them in this work? Seeing how much you know. So you know. People didn't know this morning. It's the Holy Spirit coming into us. So the minute we accept Jesus Christ into our, our life, what happens, Bonnie? The Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. Comes and dwells in us. Now, does it perform all these cool things for us? If not, with, we have free will. So. Come on, give it to me. We have free will, so <laughs> right. he, he's yeah. there to help us, but we still have a choice. Right. We still have a choice. He gave us free will. All right, let's go to the next page. I'm going to get back to that in a minute. There's a couple things I find interesting because I'm studying words a lot in, um, in school. And... Do you notice in that passage that the, the, the word spirit is capitalized? And so I say to the children, well, now, why would spirit be capitalized? Isn't that a typo? What do you think they're trying to tell us? Because the spirit's God. You got it! She's, that's exactly, they didn't get it before. They're like, wait, Michelle, are you sure? Yes! That's why it's capitalized. And it's with that capital S. So I put the word spirit is with a capital S. Another thing I find interesting, because my mom at her church wanted to do a Fruit of the Spirit decorated table for the holiday luncheon. And she says, now, is it the fruits of the Spirit or is it the fruit of the Spirit? What is it? Fruit. fruit. And fruit. why do you think? Uh, it's more than one. Fruit is the but it's not. We don't put an S on it in the Bible. No. We put fruit, fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. What, why do you think he did yeah, but why do you think he didn't put that S on the end? Because we're not supposed to have it like a list. We're not. We're supposed to look at all of them, not just one. If we put the S on the end, it makes us like again, almost like robotic, like a list. So it's very purposely done that way. I, I just find that interesting. Um, what this means is that God's love, God's peace, God's joy, God's goodness can start to be transmitted upon into our personality. These are his divine attributes and personality qualities. And it's all moving through to what? Our personality. It's our personality. Our personality. Think about the ramifications of this. Okay, so the Holy Spirit wants to come in and transmit... And impart these nine divine qualities into our personality. Transmit and impart. 
This morning, um, it was really important for me to get here a little early and make sure the AV was working, see what the room was like, kind of check out the people a little. So I got up like almost an hour earlier than I normally do, and I, I really wanted, it, it was really important to me. And I went down to p take um, some of the dirty laundry downstairs, and I went in um, to the dryer, and something exploded. It was so weird. There was this brown stuff everywhere. And don't you think in my head I didn't curse because I cursed. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, how am I going to deal with all this? Because the minute I opened up the dryer door, it was everywhere. It was just everywhere. I'm like, what is this? I couldn't figure it out. So I go and I take all the stuff out of there, and I thought, I've got to let that dryer run. I've got to figure this out. Oh, boy, now I'm going to be late. I have my beautiful, like, white pants on this morning, and my, and how am I going to deal with all this? And I could literally feel my adrenaline going, and I was about to get really, really upset, like, which kid put this in here, and what is going on? And I go, Something clicked in me where I took a minute, I took three breaths, and I said, wait, I'm about to teach. I'm about to teach Fruit of the Spirit. And I was about to almost a little snappy, snappy there. I was about to become that, like, I was a little... It was that self-control. you know, I was like, oh! And, and so I go and put it on there, and I go up and I tell my husband, I said, now listen, you're going to have to, like, clean it all up before I go because I can't be late. And I was almost getting a little prickly. And he goes, what are you teaching today again, honey? <laughs> Go back. Go back. I'm like, okay, okay, I can do this. Because I'm also like, okay, I can't be perfect at everything, and this is just the way it is, and this is... But it, it was like, wait, I, I, I've got to take a minute and take a breath and live in the space and... It's not the end of the world. And so I go upstairs, I finish doing all my stuff, I come back down, and my husband goes, hey, honey, I figured out what it was. I said... What is it, honey? <laughs> and he got um, this sweatshirt he had been working in the whole uh, day before on his boat, trying to take this stuff off with this chemical. Oh. The chemical somehow must have gotten on his shirt or his sweatshirt, and then when I washed it, like disintegrated it all. And I thought, oh, I could just do a little jab right now. <laughs> but again, I was trying to remain in the fruit of the spirit, you know, because these things happen so much. And I thought, wow, I'd be the biggest hypocrite if I'm, like, cursing everybody out. Now I'm going to go teach the young mamas. <laughs> so I gave, that, I gave that as an example this morning to the, to the moms. I'm like, oh, I totally get that. And then one mother even shared, you know, I, I, I lashed out at my kid this morning. Because they would not eat their breakfast. They would not get their shoes on. And she goes, and I was fuming. And I said, so what did the kid learn? Kind of interesting. You want to hear my example? Yeah, yeah, come on, get it. Yeah, yeah. It happened here. Oh, no. Which changed everything the way I treated my kids after that. I worked here at the time. Oh, you also did? As well. Okay. So one of my kids um, couldn't find their jacket, a particular jacket. And I was on them for three or four weeks. Was it your personal child or a student? My child. Okay. I have three kids here. Okay. And I'm like, you need to go and find the jacket, you know, go to lots of and do this. And I was on them all the time. I was just just really not being very nice about it at one point, I guess. Yeah. So then finally one afternoon, just as we were leaving, we, I said, let's go in and look. 
in lost and found, which lost and found is, gets pretty crazy sometimes. So we were digging through, you know, looking for stuff and looking for this jacket. And my one of my kids said, Mom, here's your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I didn't even know it was new. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> My words, you know. Oh, that's so good. Change, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I guess I should be a little more <laughs> gentle about these types of things with my kids after that. Yeah. Thank oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. That, exactly. That was a really oh, good example to me of how somebody you know, was teaching to change my Oh, that's a good story, though. It's a fantastic story. Um, here I say, just take a minute and draw a vine and a, and a, a branch because I think it's a great visual reminder to you. And then, too, when you cruise through your life and you, you see, you know, even trees or driving, it's just a great reminder. Um, the branches draw their life from what? From the sun. The branches, the dirt. The vine. The branches draw their life from the vine. That's your first fill-in. And not vice versa. Just as the branch draws its life from the vine, so too must we draw our life directly from Jesus. Jesus will release his divine life directly into us through the Holy Spirit. Do you guys need that one more time? Because you might have been drawing. So the branches draw their life from the vine, not vice versa. Just as the branch draws its life from the vine, so too must we draw our life directly from Jesus. Jesus will release his divine life directly into us through the Holy Spirit in the exact same way that the vine will release the life of the tree into the branches. There's your visualization right there. And this, my dear adults, is called the sanctification process. What is it? Who can really explain the sanctification process to us? Becoming more like Christ every day. You bet. There it is. It's so simple, right? And we try and make it so complicated. And sometimes when I talk to even my 23-year-old son, it's, and, and it seems so daunting that it's like, no, you just one, one adaptive step at a time. And you keep trying it over and over. These fruits will become directly from who? Who are the fruits really coming from? Who is the gift from? The Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's God. It's him. Yeah, Holy Spirit, it's God. These will be his love, his goodness, his joy, and his peace. His love, his goodness, his joy, and his peace. That will start to flow into you. Okay, now here's the part a lot of people don't get. Can you? You bet. Um, one more time. Yeah, just yeah. that last one, the very last one. Love before that. Um, where am I? Oh, his peace that will start to flow okay, into you. But but you will still have to do your I part in all this. Okay. 
A lot of people think like when they become Christians and that Holy Spirit goes right into you, you're like, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm a Christian. It's probably 40% of my congregation. Yeah, I'm good. So what are they missing? They're not doing their part. They're not working it. That's exactly the ongoing relationship within Jesus Christ. You're absolutely right. So I love to explain sanctification in a two-part process. So I'm going to give you the two parts. It's a two-part process. And you need to understand this part God can't do for you guys. He's there, but he can't do it for you. It's up to you. Number one. And this is the hardest thing for me because I came in and ministry with an ego. And it's very hard for me. And I work on it every single day. Learn what changes God will want to make with you. This is the hardest thing. This is where my father kept missing it. What changes... You, 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 we claim to be Christians, but we're human, right? And we know we can't get it all right. But what changes do we need to recognize within ourselves? Mine, I'm a perfectionist. And when I first went into ministry, I expected my team to be perfect. I messed it up. I had to learn that that's what it wasn't about. And I had to start over. Okay, so number one, learn what changes God will want to make with you. And then here's the second part. It's, it's, it's just what you'd expect it to say. Start to live, walk, and operate in these specific changes. Once the Holy Spirit starts this supernatural sanctification process within you. Okay, I'm going to read it again because this is it. It's very, very important you understand this. So your second part that's expected for you to do is you have to start to live, walk, and operate in those specific changes. Once the Holy Spirit starts this supernatural sanctification process within you. And I, and I want you to write somewhere, this part, God cannot do it for you. That's up to you. That's your free will that Bonnie was talking about earlier. That's what separates us. Can anybody want to comment or talk into that or share a personal experience um, dealing with maybe sanctification or, or, or some fruit that you recognize within you you were struggling with? Anybody want to share? And it's okay if you don't. All right. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I, I have something to share. Okay. I was just thinking, you know, uh, like Michelle said, I work with her um, in children's ministry, and it, it can be very challenging sometimes mm -hmm. for all different kinds of reasons. And when we talk a lot, one of the things I always try to help us remember is that we need to do this with a smile because it isn't always going to be easy, and nobody said it was. And it's, you know, especially when you're volunteering, you you know, if you can't do it with a smile, if you're if you're just not happy, even when somebody's not, you know, acting the way you would think they are because you're helping them, 
you still need to smile. And I, I think that's really important when it comes to volunteering and helping others because then why don't even do it? Don't even do it. God yeah. doesn't even. It's just like giving. Don't yeah. even give. If you're because what does it right? project upon your people that yeah. you're serving? You know, it's like, wait, you're serving? You're not happy? Oh, I mean, I want to ever serve. And then what does it teach the children? So it's a, it's a great point. And we as a team have really had to learn that, too, together. Because Bonnie and I, like, with the multiplication of coming with up with more and more leaders, you know, we're just begging, but we're trying to teach them. It's an honor to work with the children and serve. So you're yeah. right on with that. If you flip the page, it really, I, I say, go ahead. Take a moment and, and list maybe some parts of your character that you feel that, oh, i got to kind of work on this a little bit. Maybe jot a couple down. And then if you keep going, you turn to that next page. I really go over sanctification. I don't know if we really have to spend time on it, if you understand it, but... Um, I just love this part. Um, I just want to read it to you. When God uses the word completely, he is using a maximum intense kind of word. He wants to take us all the way in this realm if we are willing to yield to it and work with him during this process. And now I go on and I give you all kinds of verses there. Don't let it seem daunting. Maybe read one of them every day and just go over it. And I believe in Oracle too, besides just processing it through your brain, what we learn in seminary school is that you really want to say it out loud a couple times too because that's the oral world working with the written text. And it's really how God intended. Remember, people were very illiterate back there. So a lot of our, 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 our faith was built literally with storytelling, with repetition, with repeating passages, with repeating stories. So it's very, very important that we practice saying things out loud also. I taught that to the young moms this morning. And how you make yourself accountable with that is up to you. I have a dear friend that calls me every single Tuesday at 10, and we pick a Bible verse. She says hers to me. I say hers to mine to her, and then we pray. It is a 15-minute conversation, and I count on that. It keeps me in it. It kicks my day off. It makes us accountable. I love it. I was trying to encourage the young moms this morning. It's not easy. It's tricky, and it's tricky. I've lived around the world, and I find Orange County tricky. I've got great weather. I've got a big, beautiful home. I've got a nice car. My children are... But it's tricky. Why is it tricky when everything's so perfect? It's because it's perfect. Hmm. You don't have a trial. Yeah, but it, it's... You have to have trial to enjoy the the, the perfect times when right. you have them, but you have to understand that they're given to you by God. They're not yours. They're given exactly. to you by God. And I find, too, that there's so many comparisons. And <clears throat> yes. so, you know, the poor young mamas are like, they're trying to figure it out. And so it's where we, as as sisters that are more seasoned, have to come alongside some of those young mamas. And, and help them with their fruit of the Spirit and their sanctification and say, how are you doing today? Yeah. Did you pray this morning? What are you doing to help yourself out with that? It's why we're really called to that as women, to help those young women. 
I want y'all to think a little bit about that. Let's keep going. All right, so love. We went, um, we did go ahead, 1 John 4 through 8. How am I doing on time? Oh, we're getting there. 1 John 3. Now, if we even just spend the next 10 minutes talking about pure love, it's important. But remember, it is a combined set of fruit, not just one. But the more and more research that I do, if we can figure out that love thing and really live within that love thing, so many of those other things kind of come into play. You know what I mean? If I really love someone, am I going to be tough with them? Now, so gentleness kind of kicks in, right? So I, I, I was thinking about um, some of that. But love being some, some of the number one thing. And um, I'll tell you a story, and it just happened right before I came here. And, and this is a true story. I have a dog that's a runner. Anybody have dogs that, like, the minute you open the door, they run? <laughs> and he's such a gorgeous dog, and I love him. Oh, so he's 14 years old. He's a love bug, grew up with the kids. But the minute I open the door, he goes running. But he usually kind of just runs to the to the little corner, which is two houses down and back. It's like it's it's right. It's almost a game for him. And he went ahead and did it. And there's this man that I don't really know that's walking up the middle of the street with with his dog. And I, I it's a pit bull, but I know there's nice pit bulls. And and my dog right away just runs over there and starts sniffing him. And the man got angry, and he started yelling at me. And I'm running after the dog. I go, oh, I'm so sorry he ran out. And I get his collar. He was like weird, weird mean. You know what I mean? Like, like, gosh, do you hate your life? Like, what's going on? He, it almost like scary mean. And I said, I'm, and I'm so, so sorry. My dog, I, I get him. I'm so, so tar- sorry. And he says, it's got to be on a leash. I don't know what the hell. And starts saying the F word and starts. And I'm going, whoa. Oh, like, I almost was in tears. And then... Something came up over me, that <laughs> adrenaline again. Thought, mm, this is my neighborhood. I don't know. And, and I got a little like, sir, what is wrong? And I said that. I'm so sorry. I said I was sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm getting him right now. He's really a love bug. And then he continued to say the F word all the way up the street while the other two children were playing under the tree across the street. And I thought, oh, my. Oh, my. Should I have completely held my tongue and said nothing? Or should I have gotten angry? Or should I? But this was this, like, every day, fruit of the spirit, how am I going to behave and react to this? He, he, he's, he's an angry person. He was angry. Himself, and there was nothing you could say nothing. or do. No. And, and if I got angry back? It would just increase. It can it bring just, it to a whole other level. Because I can be tough yeah, if I have yeah, to be. Yeah. But I thought... Oh, I recognized it right away. He yeah, was not saying. living in the street. He wasn't. Yeah. And we come up with those situations so much, don't we? Oh, yeah. I mean, we really do. Does anybody have any other stories to share? Being a teacher? Any entitled parents? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and you to, but, you know, I get a lot of that. and and But then I think about, and, and Bonnie actually talked some, some love into me at one point because I was getting very, very frustrated uh, with with some leadership decisions at a senior level. And I I almost got a little frustrated, but I thought, oh, oh, I can't let them steal my joy and my love and my patience and loving everybody and my kindness and my gentleness and my pa-. but it's about to take me over. And it was back to uh 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 and I had to kinda I had to take action to kick it out almost um 
And part of that action was developing what you call your praxis. Does anybody know what a praxis is? Your daily praxis as a Christian? So they tell us even as, as, as you're going through seminary school, you want to develop a praxis that sustains you through the, the, the ministries. And what works for you is up to you. So what I've noticed when I wake up, if I don't grab one of my little devotional books, I mean, it's so easy, and just say a little prayer, something's off all day. And so my professor said, well, that could be part of your praxis. And then what I notice on Sundays after I've taught for five hours or been with the parents, if I don't go home and have some downtime, my personality gets tough because I get tired. So what do I have to do to be a better practitioner as a pastor in it? What do you have to do to be a better teacher, a mother, a friend? What's your praxis? So it's very, very important that we develop some kind of praxis. Now you're coming to Bible study. It's probably part of your praxis. But what's your daily praxis? Have you ever thought about it? Maybe it's worship. Um, I even said to the young mamas, start putting Christian music on. We're all in our cars a lot. Maybe that Christian music's part of my praxis. Maybe it's going for a walk with my dog on the leash. You know, maybe, <laughs> you know, I don't know. But what, 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 what brings you that calmness, that joy, and that what? That abiding in Christ. That connection in Christ. All right. So love, any questions? This is so self-explanatory about the love part there. Love, joy. Um, anybody have any specific questions about the nine fruit of the spirit that we can discuss before we go in the closure and look through it lots of nuggets sometimes I'll even give you an action piece um, and this this is one of my big things if you go to patience because I, w- I, I grew up with a very, very tough father where I had to become a perfectionist because it was the way to be accepted into the household and to, for him to give the validation. And, but as I got older, that didn't really work for me. And what I, I say, I had to learn patience because what happened is I expected that perfection from everybody around me. So I knew one of my spirits I really had to work on was patience as I was developing team members as I was building friendships, like, I want them to be the perfect friend right away, you know. So I love this. This is just me off the top of my head. Learn how to ride the flow with the patience of the Holy Spirit in your daily life and walk with the Lord. And you will then be able to enter into a much more restful, peaceful state within your mind and emotions. I'm a better decision maker when I'm patient, I noticed. Anybody else struggle with patience? Maybe with raising children. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't call it patience. I call it anger. That's why yeah. I'm yeah. more than anything. Because I things will just tick me off. Tick easily. you off a little. Yeah. And then how do you deal with it, though? How do you? Because don't you think God gives us, and again, that could be the Holy Spirit, but actually there's some medical. It's, it's your adrenaline rising, and yeah. you feel it. Yeah. So how do you deal with it when you start to feel it? I try to think what the other person's thinking sometimes doesn't work all the time you know sometimes yeah because sometimes they're more they have a valid reason and they should be they should have some anger against me for something and i'll try and think of it what did i do to upset them it's excellent 
Do you know in theology that's called the knitter's scope? Knitter was a famous philosopher, and it's about taking, putting a scope on, and trying to see the situation, the philosophy, the faith base, the beliefs, everything, the behavior, through the lens of someone else, through the scope, knitter's scope. You hit it right on the nose. Isn't that amazing? Trying to look through the lens. It doesn't always work. I know. (laughs) And then sometimes I I even go, what are they thinking? That's my biggest problem, I think, a little bit. Yes. Yes. Because here's what happens, and this is my thought, is that we're all very busy. We all have our schedules. We all have our things to do, and we forget. Everybody's so focused on what they're doing and their schedule and their things that when a little thing comes in their path, somebody needs something or um, this is good. Something different happens a little bit. Everybody gets thrown off. Yeah, it throws us yeah. off um, because they can't just stop for a minute and go, "Oh, I need to figure out what this person needs," or "I need to see what what I need to do about this situation." And the reason I see that and can see that example a lot is because for a short period of time, for about two years, my older son lived in a little town called Superior, Montana. It had a thousand people. Oh, wow. And it was 500 and 500 mm. in these two other little towns. And he's a newspaper reporter, so he had to cover yeah. the town yeah. and everything they did. But I a few times went and stayed in the town with him for like three weeks or a month just to see what that's like to live there. Mm. And um, very different because everybody, I could just have my car parked by the grocery store for a minute and some didn't quite know who you were. They'd come up and say, hey, what can I do for you? So it's really a community? Yeah. yeah. Like so a lot of community? It was a really cute little town, you know, the grocery store, and they had Jackie's home cooking. Oh, Jackie that. took on my son as her extra son, mm. watched out for him, made sure he was because he moved there alone, you know, mm. and made sure he was okay, made sure he had food to eat and whatever she could do for him. Right. And it just seemed that little small town could turn on a dime at different Beautiful. times to help someone out. or mm. do, And we do that here, too. We do. Mm. But I think a lot of people are so, I've noticed, a lot of people are so like, oh, they're so on one track. i got to get this done. i got this schedule. It's almost like an isolation. When yeah. something comes yeah. in there, yeah, I think people here get, are very isolated. Yeah. Sometimes because when something does come in their path, they can't stop and go, oh. It's almost Maybe like the I'm guy walking his that dog schedule today. for a minute. Yeah. I'm going to have to do this well, I just for think this person or that person. I mean, an angry person yeah. to begin with. And then that, that then you don't have patience yeah. for right. that person because right. you're too busy doing your there's thing. There's no relationship. And there's anyway. I see that happen a lot more here than some places. Right. But just because that's just how it, it's it interesting is though. It's like yeah. it's like our our socialization is it's what we know. Yeah. It's. It's and, hard and to break that up, even in a church environment. Because they're into the computers and the, the games, and you see them, they come over and they're, they're with the games, and you say something to them, and then... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're all... A, we're addicted. Yeah, yeah. We're, we, have yeah. A, we have an addictive culture yeah. going on. You and and the the even mama's addicted. There are the small are groups and things like that, and people don't... Yeah. They don't open up sometimes and yeah. let others in. They get into these little... Oh yeah, little clicky wickies. Yeah, everybody's on their schedule. Yeah. Oh, we gotta do this, and and then something hits them, and hits them hard, and yeah. they have a hard time. Going, oh, I gotta, I gotta get out of this. Yeah, and, you know, I better pay attention to this instead. And how you do know? I process it, or how do I feel valuable? Yeah, it's just an interesting it. environment mm-hmm. we live in. It is. It's a little more 
we should not be lonely in this environment, but mm -hmm. we're like more lonely than yeah. you know a lot of people are than in a in like that cute little small town yeah. where even with a bad guy, the guy down the street that was robbing everybody and everybody knew who he was the burglar of the town. Oh no, <laughs> no, they, they all know him. I yeah. mean, you could probably go up to his driveway and take find your stuff and take it back off. <laughs> but they all knew him and. Oh, it's it was fantastic. just interesting how they knew who he was, and everybody kind of worked around that, <laughs> sure, and then sure. they worked with this. It's, it's just a crazy, it's just a different kind of environment. But and but we, it's community. It's what we're, we're, we're meant to live in and be in, and, and it's back to Bonhoeffer, German, you know, philosopher, that well, an incredible pastor, actually. But we're supposed to live and breathe within Christ, and all of our relationships are supposed to be the core of us, right? But But... I don't know if we're doing it so much. I remember Chuck Smith one time, he had a, one of his sermons years ago. He said, when you really think about you know, think of, look around you and see who's here because these are the people, these are who you're going to heaven with. <laughs> and some people, you know, you might not like George over here. <laughs> George is going to be up there. That's where your fruits <laughs> of the Spirit come in because you've got to figure out how you're going to yeah. love everybody, yeah. you know, the best you can. I mean, mm. sometimes it's hard, but you know what I'm saying. It's yeah. just kind of like, um, yeah. You know, we have a, it's just an interesting, Orange County is kind of like a weird community because mm. of that yeah. situation where people are, are lovely, wonderful Christian people living the fruits of the Spirit, but um, sometimes we, really we all don't get to know them yeah. very well because they're busy. Well, and I also was deal. thinking culturally, like in the subculture level, we all have gardeners. We're not out there mowing our lawn to meet the next door neighbor the way my mom and dad did, right, with their next door neighbor. We're not out there as kids washing the cars when the neighbors up the street are washing cars and y'all kind of, you know, we all go to car yeah, washes now. Like, yeah. So some of that yeah. community connection, we ourselves have taken it away. And now, like you said, it's all on this and there's no real emotion going on. And no, I, I'm fascinated with the, with the subculture and what's going to happen to the next generation. Very, it's it's going to be a very interesting, um, yeah. All right, what about, I want to um, end with faithfulness. Uh, number seven that's listed there, faithfulness. I, I feel this is a huge one too. I, they're all huge. But if we remain faithful, then aren't we remaining in our praxis and in our sanctification, right? I think it's so much a part of it. So I always highlight that one for some yeah. reason. I, I think it's such an important quality that, that we're trying to uh, keep that connection really, really strong. Um, I give you a lot of definitions per, just take a look. This is just leisurely. And then self-control, oh, isn't that a big one for us these yeah. days? Because we're taught that we, have, we, we are entitled to a voice, right, aren't we? It's it's getting oh, yeah. tricky. It's getting tricky with yeah. our young ones too. I think if you you teach them that you know they're responsible for their actions. I think if that's one of the way one things I've taught my kids that, that that's it. You know, but your generation's you different. Yeah, it is. It's it very is. different. It's true. Mm -hmm. What do you find now? Because you guys are both teachers. What are the parents, the 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 new generation? How, how are are they faithful parents? Are they trying to figure it out? What do you find their struggles are? Parents nowadays want to be friends with their kids. They just want their kids yeah. to yeah. to not ever feel um, any pain or consequences Helicopter. or 
<laughs> well, now we even call it, like we used to call it as like leaders of children, the helicopter parents. But now, I, I just sat in on a class, now they're called the lo lawnmower parents. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what does that yeah. mean? Well, that's what does that well, mean? Oh, yeah. like, but yeah. explain it. Do you yeah. guys know what yeah. it means? Yeah. yeah. I just thought that teacher. was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the lawnmower parent is the one who has the lawnmower going, and they're going ahead of their kids. And they're mowing down every obstacle, oh. so their kid has this smooth, safe oh. path to go with no obstacles and no problems. Of course, then their kids never learn how to handle. And they go off to college. Situations. She's right yeah, on. Until they go off to college. And, and then, then what they happens? Fall apart. And then they fall apart and come home. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is what I'm finding is yeah. happening. Yeah. You're right on. Yeah. So yeah. Sherry's mentioned that before too. Lots yeah. And the parents fall apart when yeah, their kids fall apart. Oh, do they ever? Because well, we different. attach it to our ego. It's more now. More now. Your kids will fall apart. Right. The parents fall apart because oh. they don't know how to deal with and have the patience to deal with the kid who's just oh, big time. Fall apart. I, I give you an example. I had a daughter recently. She just started playing tennis last year. And just purely because she's really a soccer player, but wanted to try something new. She heard the tennis teacher was an absolute sweetheart. She liked the girls on the team, really, really kind. She played, she did great. It was never, you guys, she's never even picked up a racket before that year. Made the JV team as a sophomore. She was thrilled. She's a junior this year. She made the JV team again. Mm -hmm. Another mother says to me, they and they don't realize, says, is Allie upset that she only made the JV team? And I thought, okay, how am I going to respond to this? <laughs> I respond, like, do I give her, do I back up my kid and tell the reasons why? Or do I kind of give a little bite back? Or whatever? Because it was the way it was said was kind of bitey. And I said, yeah, she's really, really excited. She's really excited. And I left it at that. That was growth for Michelle Danley. <laughs> I'm serious. That was growth, um, but it's it's a new day. It, it's it's a new day with um, with all that. Let's go ahead and then turn to the very last page. And um, did I have you do this? Um, I want us to go around and share the ideas of how they stay, how you stay as a woman, as a human being, as a friend, as a how do you stay. In that fruit of the spirit, how do you operate your lives? What helps you with that? And I did that this morning, and the ladies took notes, and they were getting, giving each other ideas. You know, they were just giving each other ideas of things they do to stay. What's our word? Abide. Okay. To abide in Christ. How do you stay abiding in Christ? How do you stay there? So let's share a little. Let's share. I know you're doing stuff. Share. <laughs> uh, for me, I. I call it don't sweat the small stuff, you know, because th there's so many things that can go wrong all the time, right? And with your kids or your yeah. husband or at work or whatever. So I just try to put things in perspective. Like, how bad is it? How, how much is this really yeah. going to affect? Because I've had a lot of that the last couple of years. So <laughs> got to. I just feel like you have to do that. Yeah. So are you having also... A conversation with God and helping with that? Like, how do mm -hmm. you... Yeah, just trying to listen to him and just, what should I do with this? And just wait for that answer instead of jumping because, like, yeah. self-control and just patience. Patience is my thing here for sure. Because, you know, I want to fix it. I'm a fix-it person. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. You have a problem? I know how to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a like, total fix-it person. Yeah. So, and that's not always what you need to do.
do. You know, especially if you don't go to God first, right? And I got explained once by a professor this. I love this great nugget. When it's almost like, Michelle, take time to be in that space for a little while. So it's it's like yeah. what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, like yeah. Be in that space. It's all right. Live in that space for a while. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to remove it. Just be in the space for a little while. And I'm like, I'm allowed to do that? Like, even if it doesn't feel good, yeah, be in the space a little while. And then think it out more and pray. Anything else? Well, I have a lot of free time now. Now, My kids are gone. I'm retired. And what I do is I pray more. I really do. Oh, I love it. I do. I, I yeah. find time to pray in the morning and in the afternoon and the evening. I do. Beautiful. And I find it's much more than I could have done before. Mm. So I think that, that's, that's something that's helped me. Beautiful prayer. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. It's yeah. talking, talking to talking, our God. Talking you to bet. Sometimes yeah. not too nice. But <laughs> <laughs> Why? No. <laughs> Anything else? I just remind myself each day that it's not I, but Christ in me. And Christ in me is the only way I can do anything that's going to bring glory to God. Oh, I love that. The only way. I love that. Our young moms need to hear that. It's beautiful. Very beautiful. Anything else? What do you do? I just find myself talking to God all the time. I mean, you know, if, you know, I mean, I'm driving down the street and, that car whizzed around me. I went, oh, thank you, Lord, that he didn't hit me. You oh, know, cute. I, you know, I mean. That's cute. Yeah. You know, just whatever. Just yeah. all the time. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I just I just praise him for lots of stuff. Mm. <laughs> oh, you bought me a parking space. Thank you, Lord. Beautiful. <laughs> you know, I mean. The light turned well, green. You know, yeah. Yeah. But you're getting it a just, lot of gratitude. Yeah. It, it just, it, it puts you in a better frame of mind. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Anything else? I think of the importance of um, the people that God has put in my life. I mean, I think that it's, you know, we talk about living in our, our culture, wherever it could be. It can be very isolating wherever you are. Yeah. And especially going through difficulties or hard times and um, sharing that with another another person and allow God to use that person to speak into into my life. I mean, I feel like that's been um, a real blessing because I think it's easy to be caught up in it and feel like you're walking something alone. Isolated. Right. Right. And I think that, Uh you know, bringing it to God and I think that the people that God has put into my life, I feel like he's using those people to... Beautiful. And it says in here, we are to have Christian friends around us. Right. But we talked about that this morning because we also are supposed to evangelize and not all like, I have a best friend that's Muslim and a best friend that's Jewish and a best friend. But I make sure every week though, every day I have my Christian friends to help get, you know, fill me up, talk me up, bounce it off that they're giving me that Christian perspective or that Christian kind of, uh, what do you call it? Advice back. She's one of my ones I go to because she's solid. I think you what know? you do with the, with the young women is is really good because I think they mostly feel isolated. Yes. And when they can join and find other people, they're having the same problems and others. Yes. But they 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 don't get together that much. I, I think that's why too at a lot of the churches why the mops programs are really really yes, popular. Yes. You know, and they bring them together, and then at Mount of Olives we do it every Friday and. I literally put a mentor mom at every table, too, outside of a table leader, but someone very firm in their faith 
to really help because I never know, like when we make up the tables of the nine, ten women, you know, what, but so they really have someone to walk alongside them, like back to what you were saying. I, I just, it's such a blessing, blessing what to have someone. You bet, you bet. Well, look around the room. You got some Christian sisters. Mm-hmm. Let us close in prayer, and I am, um, I'm going to ask someone to pray us, pray for us. Does anybody have it on their heart? I want to close us in prayer. This is a shy group. <laughs> this is a sh- okay. I'll close. No one. Come on. Anybody? Bonnie. Lord, thank you for this evening, Lord. Thank you for leading Michelle to teach us the fruits of the spirit. They're so so important, and sometimes we get a couple, but leave a couple behind. So, just help us this week and in the future to just keep focusing, especially on the hard ones for mm. us, Lord. Just yes, um, help us to. Um, Take the time to look back at all these notes that Michelle's prepared for us and just try to keep it on our heart longer and just um, realize that you've, when you've come to dwell in us, Lord, we're, you're there for us. And we just have to make the decision and just thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 And remember the fruit. See the fruit? Yeah. Now that... We, we can all be the, the beautiful-looking fruit, but does it smell nice? Does it taste nice? Does it, you, do you get it? it? There's so much more to than just the look. So I was really trying to teach that this morning. I hope you got a little nugget out of that. Mm-hmm. It's an honor to be with you. I hope everyone gets home safely, and thank you very, very much.